when when you usually see you know a track meet there's all these world champions olympians i mean we have you know the diamond league in zurich and i've observed you know this this circus almost as it is you know they go from one meet to the next they're still individual athletes even if they meet each other again and they're running for the same brand with the same color you know shoes same color apparel but what we have created is this maybe not family but team it's really the team stands up the team doesn't go off the track before the last athlete is in and you know uh, shouts for for you know is at the sideline and and is rooting so i think it's really something there that's that's truly special this episode is brought to you by vimeo I've been a pro user of Vimeo basically since I started my production company in 2010. Vimeo is for creative professionals like me, and I use it in several different ways. For example, it's a place for me to upload my videos with a password for my clients to be able to review and download the work I'm doing for them. Uh, there's no compression, crushing of black colors, or oversaturation like what I get when I upload a YouTube video. My clients get the full 4K resolution HD as it was intended. I also use it to host and broadcast live events. I also use Vimeo for my portfolio, case studies, and it never has annoying pre-roll ads. I can create a customized player and keep people on my landing page so they don't get distracted and go down the rabbit hole watching someone else's stuff. What you may not know about Vimeo is that you can use it if you're an HR or if you own a company. You can put all of those onboarding videos all in one place, a nice, tidy, professional-looking uh, playlist or playboard where people can consume and understand or download all the new training videos all in one place. You could also do the same thing if you teach a course. Imagine putting all your videos behind a paywall, charging for it, and then you know sending people the link with a password. Need a videographer, creative director, or editor? Vimeo lets you post jobs and find creative professionals. There's a ton more options, so I would suggest checking them out. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends at WeWork. The reason I chose to have an office at WeWork is based a lot on flexibility. I started a decade ago as a one-person company, and now we have a growing team. WeWork has the space and budget for all my needs. From hot desks for one, to a full office setup with multiple people, I can grow, scale up or down whenever I need. I also love the community and other small business and entrepreneurs who work here. It's super collaborative, and everyone is in the same boat, willing to help each other out. If you're interested in a tour, visit WeWork.com, search by your city and zip code for WeWork near you. Now let's get back to our episode. My name is Olivier Bernhard. I'm a co-founder of OnRunning uh, from Switzerland. And you are watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott. Olivier, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. I usually ask my guests, how did you get this job? <laughs> uh, I don't know, Brian, if I would call it a job. Probably it's a translation thing. I don't know, but how to in interpret the job. Probably, uh, I've never had a job in my life, I would say. I did my school, then became a pro athlete, and, uh, and now founded the company 12 years ago. I never had to file in a CV. So uh, maybe a job to me is really something, you know, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you go to work, you wait, work your eight, nine hours, you come back and do the same thing next morning and uh, celebrate the weekends and start over for the next week on Monday just to make the salary. Maybe this is a little, you know, offensive to say that, but that's really how I look at a job. To me, it's, 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 I'm, I'm surfing 
awake, I'm surfing a dream. Uh, again, uh, whenever I, yeah, I, again, I never had to apply for a job. And <laughs> uh, that's probably very special, but I think we all should actually try to get there that the job is not only to make money, it should actually uh, be something you're super passionate about. And that's where, uh, at the end of the day, very rewarding. And that's what we, uh, maybe I'm shortcutting to the brand, but that's pretty much what I wish for everyone uh, joining our brand. Each and uh, every person, employee should actually feel similar. Not everyone can every day, but at least a bit of that. So for those who don't know your story, kind of give us, give us the, um, the shorter version of maybe beginning at the point where you were a pro athlete and, and realizing that the footwear that you had was not exactly what you were hoping for. You were a long distance runner. Tell that story. Yeah, Ryan, as you said, I mean, uh, I've been a runner from, you know, all my life, I would say I've had this DNA in me. And uh, probably, as you know, today, you know, I'd be given a pill to sit still at school. Uh, luckily, my parents sent me. Uh, uh, to a running club and I started running and swimming and many things and uh, that was probably the right thing to do and again started racing when I was, was five six years old enjoyed it maybe not so much to actually find the podium and then claim a medal it was more the feeling of running with a field of boys and yeah it's like a hurdle of horses probably you know and then using your elbows and hey hear the breathing and heartbeat uh, that still remained, and then again, at the later stage, I could even make it uh, uh, so-called my job or my career as, as a professional athlete. Um, but as you said, you know, I've, I've, I've run for many different brands, and uh, I was actually always happy. And I say, I found my training gear, I found my racing gear, but then still, I always, always felt there's room for not another running shoe, to be honest. I always said, there's room for the different for a different running feel, for a different running sensation. Whatever that, that meant, and however I would apply that, because I had no clue how to build a manufacturer running shoe. But I had this vision or dream that stuck with me that I said, I, I, I really wanna, you know, bring that different feel uh, to life in a running shoe. And uh, I was sponsored by by the biggest brand uh, on the planet uh, that's based in Portland. <laughs> uh, by the time uh, I was also ending my career and I asked them, you know, if I could come by Portland and tell them about my idea, my story. And uh, maybe I shouldn't say they turned me down, but it's just, look, hey, we spend millions, hundred maybe millions every year in innovation and everything. And I think we, we had it under control. Uh, we like your feedback. We like your idea. Uh, but again, you know, if, you, if you're an athlete, uh, a no doesn't really mean a no. If you're really passionate and you think you, you're actually on something. So to me, it was really, uh, when, you know, Nike said no, it was more like, uh, okay, then I'll just try my own, my own yeah. side to, 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 uh, to try my own business. What year did they say no? Um, I quit being a professional athlete 205, and that must have been pretty much that year or maybe the year before. And, and again, you know, at the very beginning, we, uh, when I say we, we, it was a, uh, an engineer also from Switzerland, uh, and also the need, need of other reasons. I wanted, uh, again, pursue a different running field, but he had 
knee issues. He was a little older than I am. And uh, we really had the dream to, to bring that into a running shoe. And what we did at the very beginning, we glued uh, pieces of a garden hose just to get that uh, horizontal and vertical movement at the same time, uh, you know, uh, mimicking that soft landing and rigid push-off, direct push-off. We felt that uh, those garden hose pieces would actually make uh, make, make for that feel. And, and it did at the very beginning. Obviously, those pieces fall off very quickly. But that was also, you know, the shoe we showed Nike. And I, you know, if I look at those, we call them monsters now, or Frankensteins, they look so often so ugly. Uh, but if I look at those, uh, you know, I, I don't know if a young guy would turn up, is it athlete or not, turn up at our office and say, you know, this is something you actually should try. If I would say, oh, yeah, let's do it. I don't know. I must be honest. But again, I'm, I'm super happy they turned me down and uh, I didn't give up and uh, stuck with my idea and, uh, and the passion to make it my myself. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about challenger brands for a second. This this series, you know, my column, everything I write about or talk about has to do with brands and branding, um, storytelling. But talk about what is a challenger brand in your mind? Is Is on running a challenger brand, first of all? I would think so, definitely, yeah. definitely. Then again, you know, we there was no, <laughs> the market was totally saturated, right? I mean, everyone told us when we said, "Oh yeah, we're going to found another running shoe company." They said, "Okay, good luck, you know, out of <laughs> Switzerland, and there's some giants out there. Try to, you know, get any closer to Nike, Adidas, you know, all these brands that are out there." And we still said, "Yeah, but you know this." different running sensation and also the different looks at the beginning obviously that wasn't so much of a help because a yeah. lot of retailers or also athletes just didn't buy in because they thought it's a little gimmicky but again we we love to challenge the brand and we also love to be challenged still nowadays and i think it's a good thing because if you're challenged and then if you 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 are a challenger brand uh, you also get sometimes often you're given a little bit more freedom liberty actually to, to attack things and uh, that's what we love because we are based on this uh, unique technology we are an innovation company at top everything we touch we we uh, try to uh, be very creative uh, to look uh, from different angles to change things uh, not say oh yeah great that works for other companies in the industry or works for you know any company on the planet and let's do it uh, like is it erp or some software system accounting let's do the same thing we question everything we do just not because we are swiss it's not because of this we don't think we can do things better but we can have a different approach and then maybe by looking at different angles maybe we can improve and again that has all to do uh, has everything to do with being uh, in you know an innovative and uh, creative brand what does your marketing look like so where the giants are are doing deals with you know the top pro athletes in the world, uh, buying Super Bowl ads and you know spending you know tens of millions of dollars. What is on? What is the on-running brand doing in terms of a marketing mix? How are you? How are you reaching people? Uh, look, I mean, by the very beginning, there was no money left for for marketing. Right, there was only money uh, for sheer survival. The first maybe two, three, maybe. Four years, 
it just had to, to, to actually make money to pay for the next shoe production, for the, the next manu- next manufacturing. So there was not much money left for, for, for marketing. But again, I, I have been a pro athlete, as I told you, for nearly 15 years. So I had a lot of you know friends that would buy in the story and said, I, I give it a try. I tried the shoes and they came back with great feedback and they didn't ask for a lot of money. And we also said, okay, we... We can't afford, you know, the big guys. Uh, is it in triathlon or even road running uh, track? We didn't make any spikes yet then. Um, so we were happy with what we got, actually. But we started small. And uh, I think what we realized from the very beginning, we will never be able to really compete with, you know, the big guys in terms of having the portfolio, the roles of, of athletes. Uh, that can actually, you know, claim gold, gold medals at the Olympics or world championships or win marathon seven or ten years. Uh, answered your 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 previous question with, you know, thinking in a different way. We said, but what we can do and what we love to do is tell the story behind the athlete. So we are, you know, we have perfectionized, uh, perfectionized the, the way we. We actually talk about our athletes. It's, yes, we are we are a brand. We have also our logo on the chest of athletes, but it's always the athlete center. The athlete claims the title. It's not the brand. We are just we are fortunate enough that the athlete uh, is developing product with us, or she's developing products with us. So uh, we see it maybe in a bit in a different way. Uh, and again, marketing goes many different ways, right? You also want to create events that you, the, you know, grassroots events that you're very close to runners, uh, people that want to start to run, no, don't know how to. Uh, that's what we love to do. Still nowadays that we have IPO'd last September, obviously has opened a little bit of a cash or treasure hunt for us, uh, at, at treasure to us. But uh, still, in, 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 in the mindset, nothing really or not much has changed. Maybe we have a bit more money that we can spend on marketing, but it's still more about the athlete and the story behind the athlete that we want to tell. And uh, again, the, every athlete that we sign has to sign that she, he is going to spend a lot of time in our development center to, to, make, uh, to improve the products, to make it to the next level. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about one of your marquee athletes, Roger, um, and how he has brought more innovation or more insights to your design team, um, you know, shifting the brand from on running to on tennis or, you know, any other sport, how you're widening that lane. First of all, how did you decide to to widen the lane? I think, you know, a lot of people who watch this or listen to this show, they have their own brands maybe they're running or thinking about starting their own company how do how did you arrive at you know widening the lane from running then to tennis was that your next iteration or am i getting the chronology wrong look uh, i think it's a bit based on our mission and the mission goes like this it's it's igniting the human spirit through movement so it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter to us. Running is just one of them. I think it's the most basic for us yeah. as, as humans to, to move. 
right? Running is it again any any kind of movement, even doing doing your groceries to to become the Olympic champion on a five k on the track is different form of movement. And now tennis is just another form. There is other sports that we could actually start, mm-hmm. but. Tennis was, it was actually Roger that approached us. It was not us reaching out. Look, we had never had the purse to actually knock on his doors. So uh, uh, he kind of knocked at our doors by posting Instagram pictures about, uh, you know, uh, going into tournament wearing our shoes. And what we often do with celebrities like him or like uh, actors, we send a care package, we just, you know, handwritten letter, thanked him for that. And we appreciate bearing, uh, trusting our products. And then he came back and said, hey, can we go out for dinner in Zurich? And of course, we didn't say no, right? <laughs> and that's how we met and talked. And uh, it was nice. But uh, only like a week later, he said, hey, could I actually be partner? Because I think you're such cool guys, and I like not only what you do because it's a sports brand. There's not much, uh, not many sports brands out of Switzerland. I think you want something. Uh, actually, also because you, you're so based on on technology and innovation, uh, maybe I could I could be part of this. And only, you know, within the first month's talking meeting, we said maybe there's even you know room for developing uh, a professional, I mean, we call it the Vulture Pro, right? He's, he's who he's playing on the court. Maybe even if he, I, I don't play tennis and I was leading the team actually to develop that too. And uh, we have, as far as I recall, no one in the team that plays tennis on a, on a decent level. Uh, but we, again, we are so passionate about building the right product. And we say, of, of course, with Roger, the base is given, right? He's such a, a super champion that we said, if someone can help us build the right tennis shoe, then it's him. Oh, yeah. And we did, right? And he's super happy and he seems not to be the only one. Uh, nowadays, there's many pro athletes knocking, tennis players knocking at our doors and at least want to try the shoe or even play the shoe in tournaments. So yeah. Things I, you know, I, it is uh, back to your real question is, you know, why opening after not even conquered the running market, why open to, to tennis so soon? Again, I think it, it, it circles back to our mission, igniting the human spiritual movement. Um, if we can motivate a lot of people to get out, to get up off the sofa, do something for their health, and we believe running is, is super easy. But maybe for one, for, for some, it has to be more for, more playful. They have to go on a soccer field, baseball field, or a tennis court to get, actually get moving. But whatever it is, we want to we want to make sure we have the product in the future. Yeah, I think if I was going to extract a lesson from that, which I'm hearing you saying, it's subtle but actually very good. Which is, you know, the opportunity as a challenger brand is that you're very agile, you're very mobile, you, you can turn the ship quickly, you know, uh, when you need to, versus when you're a big brand, you know, the, the dominant industry leader, maybe, you know, you get comfortable, or you, you know, get complacent, or you don't see opportunities um, when they come. And so, you know, you weren't expecting Roger to knock on your door, but here he is, and you were able to take advantage of it. And, and basically what you did, I think, is the equivalent of what Nike did with Michael Jordan. You, you signed the Michael Jordan of tennis, right? The, one of the greatest of all times. And uh, I think that's a very big deal. I mean, uh, 
it's not to be under uh, not to be underestimated that's a that's a huge 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 deal and the way that you got it was you know not trying <laughs> you just had your head down trying to innovate you know uh running your plan you know no pun intended and uh and good things came your way no absolutely and you're so right by it. i uh, often use this analogy or picture saying we are you know even now that we have maybe kind of grown up as a company with you know being you know, having an ipo having had an ipo last year we still think that not as a company we are not a startup anymore but we have all like we have maybe now 15 startups running in our company like we are making our products ready for the Olympics, right? For the athletes on the track, we have Roger, right? Making, making sure he has a shoe for his comeback, but also, you know, obviously building a business behind that. And there's so many more things that the actually sustainability is also a topic. We have like very cool things coming up for the company, for the industry that we think you can call it startup or again the picture i often use like you said you know you get a bit too stiff too slow like a big tanker and we love to see us uh, again you can you can call them startups or or speedboats that are really flexible that can turn fast go fast or slow as, as as you just need it and that's how we see ourselves still now we have kind of grown up we are not uh, uh, speak as the big ones, but we we have we have found a way that we are still very agile and that we can adjust and adapt to to new circumstances when needed. So you basically started the company uh, in 2010, right? Mm-hmm. January, two ten. And. You know, at least in the United States, that was not a good time to start a business. <laughs> Maybe one of the worst times. Uh, we were two years into a very, you know, one of the worst recessions in the history of of our country. Uh, I remember that because I started my company in 2008, two years prior. So I know exactly what that felt like to start a company in that kind of environment. It was not easy. There was no money to be found. Most people were out of work. And I remember I clawed my way, you know, through 08, 09, 2010. I, I didn't really get back on my feet until maybe 2012, 2013. It was, it was a hard time. So here we are again, 2022, and a lot of people are talking about speculating that we're heading into an, another recession, uh, you know, a decade plus two years later. What advice do you have? for companies or founders who are thinking about starting something like you did in an unpleasant business climate? It's a tough question. You know, I think we, I just want to quickly, uh, you know, go into uh, our company as a running show sports company. Yes, we started really uh, not in a perfect spot. Like, you know, 2.8 was even a little tougher, you know. Uh, uh, with the financial crisis back then. But even 2.10, we knew it's going to be super tough. And we we looked at each other as, as athletes. We three were, we three founders. We said, look, we still have to find, we, we want to found the company right now if we can survive this. We almost, we're going to make sure we 
can take any storm that hits our, our boat. A bit much, maybe a bit naive, but we just said, let's, <laughs> let's, let's try it. And then there was one thing, and that's really a differentiator to maybe many, you know, many, many listeners now uh, of the call, because you're not running a sports company. But we all know what has happened through the pandemic. And that was around the planet, the same thing. After we have had experienced maybe a lockdown or the first shock that, the, you know, it's really a pandemic and it has hit maybe also family members, uh, that people realized pretty much the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to, at least most, most sides of the planet, is go outside. Go outside. I don't need to wear a mask. Again, most, most sides of the planet, not all of them, I can go outside, enjoy the fresh air. And that's only, you know, paying in, into being a sports company, unique gear, right? <laughs> and also then at the financial crisis, uh, pretty much the same thing. I mean, people after the first shock, you know, not want to spend any money. If you spend any money, you want to spend money into your health, right? That's not into, you know, stock market or anything else. It's really it's probably better invested if you spend like 500 bucks on one or two pairs of running shoes or a tennis shoe, uh, some apparel that gets you there, that gets you there at any condition, uh, any season. And people realize that and they forgot after the financial crisis. But again, it's the, the, the same uh, scheme actually shows, showed again, or similar, similar scheme showed again in, uh, in, in, in now in, in the pandemic of the COVID. So, I think that's a bit, you know, the advantage you have if you're in the sports or health uh, uh, sector as a company. But besides that, I, I still believe, and maybe, you know, this is my athlete spirit kicking in, is if things get tough, then you prove if you're really made out of steel or if you're just made out of a little plastic piece. <laughs> uh, I think, again, I always loved to compete in super tough conditions you know as a summer sport as triathlon is even if you know i have experienced snow and rain uh, super hard winds those were also races when i was the best because all the competition started blaming the wind and this and you know cramping up and i said hey there's that's today and uh, i have to perform and i can because i'm prepared for this of course, you can never be prepared for all the storms. I mean, who would have foreseen the storm uh, with uh, with the pandemic, right? And that it's going to last like almost more than two years, or almost almost two years, two and a half years. And what's going on now with Ukraine, Ukraine, Russian crisis, and what's actually coming after this? And uh, uh, you know, also on the financial side, it's going to going to have an impact not only today but also tomorrow and maybe for another couple of years or maybe even decades let's see but i think it's it's if you can prove yourself now you know, you are going to have a smoother sailing when 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 weather's going to be sunny and uh, and warm yeah i agree and that was my experience too it um adversity can have two effects you know it can it can knock you down and then you're out or you can decide when you get knocked down to get back up and keep running and, uh, and it can make you stronger, right? It's that, uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche quote, right? <laughs> Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe one of my final questions here, Olivier is, um, you know, speaking from the founder context, what is something that you used to believe, you know, maybe it's five years ago or 10 years ago, uh, you used to believe about business or maybe it's something 
more philosophical or personal uh, that you no longer believe. So you, it was a deeply held belief uh, a while ago, and now you've changed your mind. Is there something recently that you've changed your mind about? Maybe I'm not hitting really the answer you, you want to, I mean, want to hear that you try to trigger, but I, I, I have always had a hard time, honestly, being an athlete, knowing that everything I have on my feet and that I wear is actually ending up on a landfill. And I didn't think that's going to be, you know, that's going to change. I honestly didn't think. And uh, when we founded the company, I, I, I was super excited. I should have been excited, right? Uh, writing, you know, my signature with David and Casper, the other two, two co-founders under that founding document. Um, but at the same time, I also feel, felt bad because I, now I'm even paying into that. You know, we are producing more waste. And I brought it up, you know, at the dinner. We went out, Casper, David, and I said, hey, yeah, at some point we have to try to make a difference. And I, I honestly just, thought this is going to be, you know, a dream that I take, uh, you know, to my graveyard and probably it's never going to happen or it's too slow. And I see now being in an industry that things can change. And uh, honestly, and I, I'm, I'm super proud and happy to say that we are probably become an industry leader very soon in, 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 in initiatives that uh, the industry and hopefully beyond the industry uh, you know, industry has, has not gone that far or have not been bold enough or have not been, I don't know, not been want to go this innovative uh, uh, and rocky roads. But anyway, I, I, I really am amazed how fast we actually were able to turn this around. And I thought at the beginning, this is going to, again, this is going to be a dream and uh, we maybe can incrementally change things, but not not in a big way, but uh, I'm super happy and pleased that we are in a position. And I think, uh, I, again, uh, I have three kids, even if they are not that kiddy anymore. I mean, they, they are 20 and 19 years old, uh, but they have been asking from the very beginning so that when, when are you making shoes that are not ending up and they are not ending up at landfill anymore? When are you going to make a change to that? And that, I'm super happy with that. That's probably nonce I can give you that uh, I didn't think that's going to happen. Well, uh, so what specifically did you do? Uh, was it a series of things or was it a one big decision about manufacturing? H how are you making such a dramatic change? I mean, there's maybe two projects that, that, that we, I mean, one of them is, 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 is outright. We have talked in the media about it's, it's, you know, our industry and many things in life are linear. With us, right? We produce, and then again, you use it, and it becomes waste. And often, again, it has to be burnt, or it ends up on landfill. It creates more CO two, which is uh, bad for the footprint or for the impact for the planet. And we have really found ways to make one product that's circular, so that's cradle to cradle, and uh, can be shredded at the end of the lifetime and then you can produce other yarns again out of it other knit soles and it's one of the same it's it's one and the same product chemically speaking uh, and that's uh, totally new on the planet and to ensure that we even uh, went further we said this is not the shoe you're going to buy and own 
because you only get it through subscription, like a Netflix, right? You 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 pay a monthly uh, fee, and you decide when the shoe is done. Maybe that's after six months, maybe after twelve months, maybe after you know one and a half years. We return the shoe, and as soon as we have it, because the material is what we need, right? That's the value. If we get the material back, we send you another shoe. So oh. this is really, and I, I think, and again, it's going to take a while when retail consumers probably, it's almost like a learning that you're not owning your shoe anymore. You're owning only the material. You get new material in the form of the, of the next shoe, and we will be iterating that shoe, obviously, uh, always. And we hope that this is not going to be one and the only product. We launch it in two months. Uh, but uh, hopefully, sooner or later, there are going to be more and more products of our collection that are going to be circular. And then another big initiative is uh, uh, that we are extracting carbon emissions from the air and through a chemical process that uh, the industry, I mean, the chemical industry, not the shoe industry, the chemical industry has not to be able to crack. We have not given up uh, over the last 18 months, a small team, just to ask like kids, you know, why, why, what to, what has to be done to actually get this and then from this to get to, to the next material. And we have found ways now to actually, again, uh, exclude, you know, carbon emissions from, from the air and turn it into a midsole, simply spoken. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty neat, I think. You know, I, I believe very strongly that uh, every industry, but especially us, that, you know, we uh, have been founding the company in Switzerland, which I believe, like you, living in California, is a beautiful place, and there's a lot of beautiful places. But we have the mountains, a lot of, you know, water springs that end up in water bottles and that we drink. Uh, uh, you know, they have their sources up in the Swiss Alps, and we spend a lot of time in nature and uh, also training, moving. And uh, we are very thankful that we can do that. And how is it on us to be, you know, not daring about uh, helping the planet uh, to make sure it's going to stay for generations to come? One initiative I really love, and I uh, honestly, Brian, I've not used the word proud when I was an athlete because I said, hey, look, this is just what I love so much. It's my passion. I just do, you know, what I would do anyway. And I even get paid for. So, uh, so I said, why should I even be proud when I become world champion? It's just, hey, yeah, I trained for this and uh, I made everything right, but I have to prove it again next year. Uh, maybe Olympic Games every four years to be up on the podium. But what, what I'm proud of is that our team has really been able to put together, we call it the on athletic clubs, uh, on a, yeah, on a cl athletic club with young, talented athletes. We have started in the US in Boulder to uh, put together you know, a team of young athletes, uh, all genders and uh, different disciplines, uh, many countries, not just US athletes. And I thought that my plan, my dream was, my vision was maybe have some athletes, you know, being close to world-class maybe by 2024 when the Olympic games will come around in Paris. And they, they broke their personal records right off the gate. I mean, right off the gate after six months. And now they won races, you know, the mile race in Milos games at the beginning of these years, uh, and relays. I mean, many historical races that are so important, not only US, you know, that are really 
uh, have an influence in, 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 in the industry, but also to, to many, many athletes, to the community of running. I'm super proud that these athletes have bought in in something that was not there. I mean, I talked to them and said, look, we have to start somewhere. Do you trust me? Do you trust me that I, you know, and we, with you, with your feedback, that we are going to deliver the next level products, that we are going to build something unique? Uh, and probably other brands would have said the same thing. And we, again, you know, I've been an athlete and uh, I've not touched this, but I, I mean, I said I've been running in many different brands. And also, uh, you know, as a triathlete, you also have your cycle sponsor, bicycle sponsor. But the thing that I never liked, I would also, I would feel like a logo carrier. You know, I had my logo on the chest. I would mm -hmm. go run. If I you know, hit the podium, I get, you know, a little bit of bonus. Everyone was happy at the end of the year. I, if I didn't hit the results, maybe, you know, sponsor left and didn't, you know, re-sign the contract. So I felt, let's do it different. I really want to create the belonging that athletes want to belong to our team. And we call it the 360. So it's more than just, again, I, I think I said it before, you know, we put the athlete in the center and we need the athlete because the athlete knows what's best for her, for her discipline and uh, to make the next, next, next level uh, product. Is it shoes? Is it apparel? And uh, again, that goes into recovery. Some young athletes don't have a clue when the first time they, you know, they earn some prize money. How, they, how do they have to deal with taxes or career planning? We take care of all that. So it's a 360 approach. We want to give them a home and something they probably don't find with another brand. And again, it's probably something I've always felt disturbed when I was an athlete. That, you know, it's like probably many athletes would tell you the same thing. You're just a number, right? Next year, there's a super talent in triathlon on the 400 meters, on the, on the 100 meter, on the marathon. Yeah, let's take that Kenyan guy. Let's take that you know, Spanish runner. I, 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 we don't think that way. We really want to build something. And uh, it goes that far, like with athletes there that, 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 that are at the end of their career, like uh, with Nicolas Pierig is a, is a triathlete that has won Olympic medals, a gold and a silver. And uh, even after her career, she's going she's gonna to work for our company. She's going to build this 360 with other retired athletes. And I think that just shows that you really mean it and we build it with the people that know best. That's awesome. I, I didn't know that. That's incredible. And it's meaningful to me because, you know, you talked about your kids my kids, uh, my youngest, who's in eighth grade, he's he uh, he's thirteen, just turning fourteen. He's a runner, and uh, right right now it's the summertime in the United States, and he is training uh, for high school track and field team, cross country team. Uh, he runs, I think, the four hundred meter, maybe eight hundred meter, and maybe the mile. Um, but he's on track to do well. He you know he he runs like a fifty seven second four hundred meter. Um, his, his sister was also, uh, track and field. She ran the, the mile and the 800. She got a scholarship to a division one college. So he's on the same track. And, uh, that's, that's actually amazing to hear because young people do need guidance. Uh, they need support. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. We, we honestly, I mean, again, it's, and then we have had just lately, 
you know, and, and what's happening, and that's really just the result, you know, is, is we have so many young athletes, but also super talented athletes that are world-class already knocking at our doors now. They say, I, I, I see it, I see what you're doing. And again, you know, it's like almost when, when you usually see, you know, a track meet, there's all these world champions, Olympians. I mean, we have, you know, the Diamond League in Zurich. And I've observed, you know, this, this circus almost as it is, you know, they go from one meet to the next. They're still individual athletes. Even if they meet each other again, they're running for the same brand with the same color, you know, shoes, same color, apparel. But what we have created is this, maybe not family, but team. It's really the team stands up. The team doesn't go off the track before the last athlete is in and, you know, uh, shouts for, for, you know, is at the sideline and in this routine so i think it's really something there that's that's truly special and then as, as an athlete you realize that right you see whoa there's so much more team spirit with that brand what's different and they get in touch with us they want to talk to us maybe not even sign with us but they just are interested and uh, that's truly what we want to create and it just shows maybe that we truly mean by saying we care more about the athlete yes of course i I would be naive to say, you know, we don't have, we, we, we don't care about our logo on the chest or anywhere, you know, the closing of our athletes. We are super proud if they cross the finish line then first, but it's the athlete that did it at the end. We were only one, one little puzzle piece that helped, but we can help a lot. We can help heaps in the background to make things happen. I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up. Reminiscing about the good old days and all that. You know, tracking my roots, where I came from and where I'm going. But like I say, man, always said it. It's not about the destination. It's all about the journey. Ain't nothing changed but the weather. The dangling carrot that hang from the rear view uh-huh. Your dreams in the past ain't nowhere near you Backseat drivers got nothing but two cents Shotgun riders too biased, they all liars I should get an A for effort, I'm too tired But I'm never giving up, that's why I'm kinda in my